welcome to Being Professional English Podcast, podcast number 66, Achieving True Focus. Let's get started, shall we? Welcome everyone to another podcast by Being Professional English. And last week, for those of my listeners who are in the Northern Hemisphere, like myself, spring began, although you wouldn't be able to tell that from looking out my side my window today because it's, uh, it's cold and raining. Anyway, it's begun, so that's something certain to look forward to. Just like listening to this podcast will be something to look forward to, I hope. Today we're going to talk about achieving true focus, and it leads on from what we have been doing in the last couple of weeks with the podcasts, which starts from my deep concern that the people who are using English as a second language or even third language are in some sense a little bit disadvantaged in the in the workplace. And what we are working on here is bringing together all of the work that we've done over the last couple of years where you've become you know, more effective. And we're going to make it into a more concentrated form where we're adding just that little bit extra on to the techniques and training and guidance just to make you excel. So we're trying to make you the best there is. I know that's a hard, um, what is it, hurdle to hit at, but it's just like when you employ people, when you're interviewing, you've got to keep the hurdle very, very high. Not so high, they're never going to reach it and therefore get uh, demotivated, but you're going to try to be the best you possibly can. And I hope the last couple of podcasts are certainly going to give you that little bit of extra. And today we're going to talk about achieving true focus. This week's podcast will include the following three main points. The first of which is that certainty is not the objective. And it talks about the pursuit, it seems, of perfect knowledge before taking any decisions. The second point is what is true focus, where I go into describing exactly what I mean by someone who is being focused. And then I talk about in the last point how to have it, how to actually achieve that true focus in the classic uh, being professional English manner. Let's be clear, however, what I'm trying to do here is not to help you not ever make a mistake, because the only way to never make a mistake is to never make a decision. I am going to hopefully help you in, in avoiding some of the errors. As I said, if you the only way to not make a mistake is to never make a decision. And that comes back a lot to what I often see people is they become almost too analytical, too uh, concentrating on looking at the numbers on certain certain ideas and certain projects. And they keep working at it and working at it and working at it, trying to become certain that the decision that they are making is going to work. It's almost like a general avoidance of risk. The only way to have no risk is to have no decision. 
And that's fine if you want your company to remain as what they term a lifestyle company, lifestyle company, sorry, which is a company that pays its suppliers, pays the wages, pays any benefits it pays to its uh, employees, has a little bit of uh, organic growth, but very, very little. I mean, very low single digits, but is very safe and carries on. That is a lifestyle company, and that's fine if you are you're happy with that. I mean, I think personally, it's hard to think of an industry where you can remain as a lifestyle company for very long without some type of competition or some seismic shift happening in the marketplace that's going to knock you out of that. However, some people are very happy with that type of lifestyle company. In fact, some people aspire just to that. However, that type of vision for a company is not going to grow you into a global business. You know, the, the classic idea that when you're, when you're setting up a, a company, a startup company, there's a lot of push to have positive cash flow. And that's fine, right? I mean, you need to have the life and blood of a startup is, is positive cash flow. But equally, you could argue that in the first three years, you don't want to see positive cash flow. You want to see negative cash flow because... The company is in investing. Or what I should say is you don't want to see any any free cash flow. You want to see that the company is investing, trying to build the structure to be a much larger company. At the end of the day, however, no matter which type of company or vision you have, you can never be certain. The point is, how much risk are you taking on any decision? And often this this depends a great deal upon the stage of the company you're at, you're you're at. If the company is a turnaround company or turnaround situation, I should say, you need to take a few risks. And if those risks fail, maybe the company will fail as well. But the real job of a of a of a CEO of the person who's deciding upon the strategy of the company is to put the company in a position that it can take a risk. And if they're wrong, if they make a mistake, because everyone can make a mistake, the company can take it. It can take that big heavyweight boxer's punch to the lower ribs without folding. That's the real job of, uh, of a CEO, to be prudent in that, in that point of view. Not to never take risks, but to, to be prudent. To get to that point where the company can make a mistake often in the early part of a, of a company's life you can't make a mistake because you're going to fail and it just adds to the reasons why startups are so difficult to, to get going now so far I've just spoken I've just been spoken about setting up a company and, stru- and strategy sorry and the, the decisions and the responsibilities for certainly the executive team in the company. But this type of mindset is completely true for everybody in the company. It's just that the risks are different. You know, if you do this, if you do your job, your role, whatever it, whatever it happens to be, and you just remain on that job or that role, and you never take any risk about doing something else slightly outside, well, that's okay. You might stay in your role and your job and very happy. Well, 
I can't see how you'd be very happy just doing that in your, your working life, but some people might be. So you come in and you do exactly the same thing, you remain on, on the same lines and, and, and that's, that's it. You never take a risk by doing something slightly different, something outside of the boundaries a little bit. I'm not talking about illegal, I'm not talking about going outside your remit, but you know, just taking a little bit more of a risk, which might mean you lose your job. Okay, might be viewed as being uh, innovative and actually doing a new thing and the company would like that, but it might not be viewed that way as well. So that's, it's exactly the same type of, of, um, of mindset. I mean, when I started to work, I, my first job, I don't mean when I was at school and had a paper round and, and delivering papers to people, my first proper full-time job was basically the tea boy to the senior partner in a, in a broking company. The tea boy is exactly that. It's the, it's, it's the guy who goes and gets the tea for the senior partner, goes and gets his cleaning from the from the the, the, the laundry, um, make sure that he he writes the card uh, for his uh, for his children's birthday and stuff like that. Very mundane work but gave me the opportunity, of course, to sit in the same room as this senior partner while he did his business, and I learned an awful lot from there. But even for me as the T-ball, which is like, you know, the lowest rung on the, the career ladder that you can possibly get. In fact, you probably don't even have those these days. It's probably illegal to have a T-boy in the company. But anyway... Even with that mindset, I have a choice. I can just do exactly what I'm supposed to do, or I can take the risk, use my initiative, which might be a mistake, but at least I'm trying to choose my initiative. So what I've been talking about so far about avoiding risk isn't just for the people at the top of the company. It's for everyone who is listening to this podcast. You can't avoid making a mistake. You can avoid errors. And one of the ways to avoid errors, and particularly if you're doing it through the veil of a second language, is through being focused. And that's what I want to talk about now, is how we get to being focused on our work. And this is particularly true if you're using the second language, because as I said, you have that veil of the second language in front of you. And it does exist, even if you're quite fluent. I mean, I've been in Italy now for 10 years, and I consider myself to be quite fluent in the language. But still at work, I have a, there is this veil that's in front of me, because it's not my language. You can't get into the real depth of what you're reading or the communication with other people. So you have to compensate for that and other things. And that's what we have been talking about in particular in the last, the last three podcasts and what we are talking here. So focus, what is true focus, right? The common guidance on focus is to concentrate on what you are doing. Okay, that's quite common, everyone knows that. It's very common guidance also to talk about saying no, saying no to things. That's how you concentrate on what you are doing in that moment. So that you remain on strategy, or you remain on the job description that you're doing. So that's quite common. Everyone's heard that about focusing. It's not, it's not a new idea. Any task management system that you have 
whatever you choose to use. And as you know, I've, I'm, I use OmniFocus. But whatever you choose to use, that will not help you choose the priority. It will just list the tasks that you need or that you want to get done. The only thing that chooses priorities in a certain sense is the deadline. Because you've got a deadline, then the priority's already been chosen for you. But assuming you don't have any, any deadlines, and if you have a job where you have no deadlines, let me know what that is, because I might send my, my CV in. But joking aside, the, the only thing that... Uh, deadlines really give you a priority uh, to what you're doing. Even jobs that you love, even careers and positions that you love, have tasks and projects within them that you detest, that you're not very happy in doing. So true focus, true focus is saying no, not to the projects that you don't like, but saying no to the projects or tasks that you would love to do. Because if you say no to something on your task list that you don't, you don't, you, you don't enjoy doing it, right? let's say, I don't know, uh, let's say it's, um, I've got one actually coming up on Monday, which is to do my, my, um, my indirect tax returns for the first quarter. And, you know, that's not a job that I task that I particularly enjoy doing. Saying no to that task on Monday to do something else is an easy choice. It's easy to be focused on that. But let's say on Monday I had a deadline to, to go down to the, the designers who are designing the new, new, the new product and the company I'm working in and uh, to look at the current designs we've, we've done to overcome some of the problems that we've seen, which is something which I love, that's really interesting, and I'm really passionate about. If I have to say no to that, because I have to concentrate on the financial structure of the company, that is true focus. Do you see what I mean? It's saying no to the things you'd love to do, because you have to remain focused on what you're doing now. Now that is true focus. And we need things to help us with focusing these days. It's not as if doing business or doing jobs in modern times is any more difficult than 50 or 100 years ago. I mean, the basics remain the same, right? In any company, you need to sell, because if you don't sell, you've got nothing. You need to find leads. You need to make those leads into customers. You need to make those customers into repeat customers. You've got to keep costs down. You've got to increase margins. Now those, what is it, five or six things, you know, haven't changed. Okay, You get those right, and you've got a successful business. You get them wrong, and you haven't. That hasn't changed compared to the, to the past. But what has changed is the number of inputs that we get. There are far more inputs far more far more information uh, coming to us now than there was 50 or even 10 years ago actually let alone 50 or 100 years ago I mean when I was a kid which actually is 
<laughs> 15 years ago when I was a kid, if I wanted information, I'd have to go to the library. And I'd have to, uh, you know, look at the Encyclopedia Britannica or look up the books I wanted. There was a scarcity of information uh, or scarcity of the availability of that information. Now, my kids, whenever we have a question, we can just tap it into the internet and you get, you know, Google 20 answers to the question. The technique now for my kids is learning how to filter out the information. Whereas when I was a kid, it was to learn how to find the information. Finding information now is easy. It's filtering to see what is right and what is wrong, which actually, interesting enough, make people have to be more skeptical now than in the past. Which in a way is a shame, right? I mean, my kids have to learn how to be skeptical for the future. Anyway, that's another point. We do need to know how to be focused. And that's why, because we've got so many more inputs. And as I said, true focus is saying no to the things you'd love to do, not saying no to things you don't care if you do or not. So now that we know what it is, how do we have true focus? Well, first of all, it's be aware of what it, of what it is and what we've been talking about for the last 10 minutes. Or not engaging in those projects or opportunities that you would love to be involved with because you need to get what you're doing today done or you need to continue along the strategy that you're following for the company and not get involved in other opportunities that are outside of that strategy even though they're good great great ideas or they seem to be great ideas that's true focus so when you're aware of what that is you then construct a task or project management system or if you're lucky enough employ a great personal assistant if you can't afford or not in a position to employ a great personal assistant, you need to have a task or project manager. Excuse me. I am just drinking tea, I promise you, not, not alcohol. You need to have a task or project management system. You need also, if you're doing this in your second language, you need to allocate a little bit more time when you are looking at your tasks or projects that you need to, to do, when you're chunking projects down, you need to allocate a little bit more time because you need to either translate back into your own, your own mother tongue or you just need to read or take in the information a little bit slower. So allocate more time because you're using the second language. You stick to the strategy or the goals you're allocated this all goes back to, you know, what true focus is. And the last two things I'm going to talk about um, as to how you have true focus, please bear with me on these because they are important and they are they're a little bit outside of the usual thing that I talk about. But in this sphere of, of trying to have true focus, they're important. First one is get enough sleep. Obviously, as you get older, it's even more the case, but you need to have enough sleep. Having four hours is not enough. I don't care who you are. Uh, you know, people need at least six hours sleep a night. I mean, they do. Maybe you need eight. Whatever your, whatever your system, physiological system works on, you need to find or know what it is. And you probably, you already know what it is, basically. And you need to get enough sleep. There's no point working late until the night 
on something and then coming in the next morning thinking you're going to be fresh and have the ability to focus. You're not. Your brain is going to be tired, so your body's going to be tired, your brain will be tired, your brain will be pushing your body to taking glucose to give you the energy, and that means you're probably going to eat badly and so on and so forth. But the point is, forget about the diet, the point is you're, it's going to be very difficult to be focused if you're tired. So get enough sleep. And I know you've got loads to do, right? I understand that. So do I. But if you get a very active policy for yourself on focusing and having a task management system, you can get these things done. The last thing is you've got to help your brain. You've got to train your brain to remain focused. Now, I'm probably going to lose about 75% of my listeners now, but I'm going to say that one of the things you need to do to get true focus is to learn to meditate. And I'm not talking about chanting, being in the lotus position or standing on your head and smelling incense. Okay, It doesn't have to be that hardcore. Meditating can be sitting down quietly for 10, 15 or 20 minutes a day. Or it can be while you're doing a non-knowledge-based task. For example, washing the dishes. If you're washing the dishes and you just put your mind into washing the dishes and you don't think about the task you have to do, you don't think about what you have to cook for dinner, you don't think about the meeting tomorrow or later in the day. If you just concentrate on what you are doing, that is meditation. What, it, what meditation does for people is it helps to train your brain to focus on a particular thing or to focus on nothing completely nothing and it actually is it's bloody hard to sit down for 20 minutes and actually clear clear your brain of everything and have zero thoughts it's tough but meditating is something which you should do so i hope you've enjoyed this podcast what i want you to take from it more than anything else is an understanding of what true focus is i mean you'll find your own techniques to get there i've mentioned some of them the ones that I use, the ones that I think are important, but you'll find what they are. The important thing is to know what true focus is, in that it's not saying no to things you don't want to do. It's saying no to things you'd love to do or opportunities you'd love to partake in because you have to stay on the road you're already going on. That's what true focus is. And I really want people who are doing this in a second language to 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 try to implement and apply this particular idea because I want you to be able to overcome that veil of a second language. As I said, I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. I hope you found some of it useful. I really look forward to speaking to you next week. Bye-bye.